the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Is my life consistent with the truth of God? If I identify myself as a Christian, if I name the name of Christ, does my life correspond with the truth? Is it consistent with the truth? Can people tell that I'm a Christian by looking at the way I live? The way I conduct myself, the way I act, the way I talk. Do I talk like a Christian? Is my Christian faith observable by others? Is your life consistent with the truth of God? When you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you were filled with the Holy Spirit. This means that you have the power within you to live out an amazing Christian witness. Pastor Dan raises another question in his message today. Is my Christian faith observable by others? Your life should look and be different because you are walking in the Spirit versus someone else who doesn't yet know Jesus. Be a light for Him and lead others toward the only true Savior. And now open your Bibles to the book of 3 John chapter 1 as we join Pastor Dan for today's edition of Ring of Truth. John this morning. Uh, we're also we're going to look at some uh, passages in the Gospels uh, and also 1 Samuel chapter 30. You may want to go ahead and find that. 3 John, 1 Samuel 30, and then the Gospels as well. The, the whole book of 3 John. Beginning, of course, in verse 1, the elder to the beloved Gaius, whom I love in the truth, beloved I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health, just as your soul prospers. For I rejoiced greatly when brethren came and testified of the truth that is in you, just as you walk in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Beloved, you do faithfully whatever you do for the brethren and for strangers who have borne witness of your love before the church. If you send them forward on their journey in a manner worthy of God, you will do well, because they went forth for his name's sake, taking nothing from the Gentiles. We therefore ought to receive such that we may become fellow workers for the truth. I wrote to the church, but Diotrophus, who loves to have the preeminence among them, does not receive us. Therefore, if I come, I will call to mind his deeds, which he does, prating against us with malicious words. And not content with that, he himself does not receive the brethren, 
and forbids those who wish to, putting them out of the church. Beloved, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. He who does good is of God, but he who does evil has not seen God. Demetrius has a good testimony from all and from the truth itself. And we also bear witness, and you know that our testimony is true. I had many things to write, but I do not wish to write to you with pen and ink, but I hope to see you shortly, and we shall speak face to face. Peace to you. Our friends greet you. Greet the friends with you by name. So the third letter of John, it's a very short letter. It's more like a postcard uh, in the New Testament. In fact, it's the shortest letter uh, in the New Testament. Uh, and in this letter, uh, John introduces to us three people by name, uh, Gaius, Dytrophus, and Demetrius. Uh, or for the sake of our study, we will call them Gaius the godly, Dytrophus the dictator, and Demetrius the devoted. And so first we have Gaius. Uh, and the letter is written to Gaius. We see that in, in verse 1. And as we talked about last week with Second John, uh, this letter has the very typical opening for a letter in the ancient world. Remember I said that a, a letter in the ancient world had three parts to the opening. It would state who the letter was from or the author, because remember they write on scrolls. They wrote on scrolls, and so the author would state his name first so that you didn't have to unroll the whole scroll, although this one would be easy to unroll. Uh, so the, the author put his name at the very beginning of the letter. Uh, and then the second part would always be who the letter was written to. And then third, the greeting or the salutation. And this letter was written by the Apostle John, who identifies himself in verse 1 simply as the elder. Uh, John is an elder in the sense that he is in his 90s. Uh, so he's an older gentleman. Uh, but he's also an elder or an overseer. Of the church. He's a leader within the church. So he is an elder in both senses of the word, both meanings of the word. And he wrote this letter, look at verse 1, to his beloved Gaius. He says, Whom I love in the truth. And then in verse 2, he calls him beloved. And then in verse 5, he calls him beloved. John loves this guy. He loves Gaius. He loves him. He says, My beloved, whom I love. <laughs> My beloved Gaius. Gaius. Now, Gaius was a very common name in the Roman Empire. Uh, in fact, it was the second most common name in the Roman Empire. And the reason it was so popular in the Roman Empire is because Gaius was the first name of Julius Caesar. He was Gaius Julius Caesar. And many other Roman leaders also took that name for their own name, and so it was a popular name. People named their children after Caesar. Uh, in the New Testament, uh, there are three occasions in the New Testament when someone named Gaius is mentioned. If you're taking notes, Acts chapter 19, verse 29, Gaius is mentioned. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 14, uh, Gaius is mentioned. Romans 16, 23, also Gaius is mentioned. And then here, in the third epistle of John, we have another Gaius. And we aren't sure if all of these references, all four, four of them, are referring to one person named Gaius, or were there several Gaiuses 
at that time involved in the church. Most scholars believe it's referring to four different people named Gaius because the name was so popular. So he's writing to Gaius. Verse 2, we have his greeting, his salutation. He says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things. What a great prayer to pray for someone. That you may prosper in all things. That word prosper, it literally means to have a good journey. Pray that you have a good journey through life. What a great thing to pray. It's, it's like saying today, uh, I hope things go well with you. I hope things go well with you. But now look closely at what he says in the rest of his salutation here. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Just as your soul prospers. John's prayer for Gaius is that his, catch this, that his physical health be just as good as his spiritual health. Hmm. That he would be uh, just as healthy physically as he is spiritually. That his physical health would correspond with his spiritual health. Now think about that. Think about that prayer for a moment. And think about yourself. What if your physical health was the same as your spiritual health? How healthy would you be? (laughs) What if somebody uh, said, I'm going to pray that your physical health corresponds to your spiritual health? Would you say, yeah, please pray that. I would love that my physical health would be as good as my spiritual health. Or would you say, please don't pray that for me? (laughs) Right? Some of us, if just I could you know, do some kind of magic trick or something like that, and instantly your physical health was the same as your spiritual health, for some of you, you would instantly physically turn into this lean, mean fighting machine, right? Because spiritually, you're healthy. Physically, maybe not so much, but spiritually, you're healthy, you're strong. You're walking closely with Jesus, you're in the Word, you're following Him, you're obeying His Word, you're serving the Lord, you're keeping His commands, you're spiritually strong and healthy. But, but then for, for others of you, if, you know, suddenly your physical health matched your spiritual health or your physical condition matched your spiritual condition, some of you would be in critical condition, Right? Some of you, we would need to rush to the hospital and get you hooked up to some machines, you know, and keep you alive. Just something to consider that John's prayer for Gaius is that his physical prosperity would be the same as his spiritual prosperity. He says that he would would prosper in all things, all areas of his life. Again, what if all the areas of your life matched your spiritual life? You know, your job, your career, if it matched your spiritual life. And that's John's prayer, that, he would, that Gaius would prosper in all things just as his soul prospers. Then he goes on in verse 3, he says, For I rejoiced greatly when brethren came and testified of the truth that is in you just as you walk in truth. And so some fellow believers that knew Gaius or met Gaius in their travels, they came and they visited John, and they gave John an update about Gaius' spiritual condition. 
And the update about Gaius was the truth is in him and he's walking in the truth. Not just that he knows the truth, but that he's walking in the truth. He's living it. There's all kinds of people that know the truth. They know what the Bible says and they know what the Bible teaches. There's atheists who know what the Bible teaches. There's a big difference between knowing the truth and walking in the truth. You're listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, Maryland. We'll return to the second half of today's message in a moment. But first, here's a word from Pastor Dan. It's my privilege to share the Word of God with you through our radio ministry, Ring of Truth. Thank you for tuning in each day. Hey, I would love to hear from you. Will you take a moment to email me to tell me how these daily studies have ministered to you? I want to hear your story. You can email me through our website at calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. Now let's join him again for the conclusion of today's edition of Ring of Truth. There are many people that know the truth that aren't walking in the truth or obeying the Lord or, or living a life that's according to the truth. Gaius walked in the truth. And his walk was noticed by others. People were able to come back and give this report to John. They could see that he was walking in the truth. He didn't have to tell people that he was a Christian. People could see that he was a Christian by the way he lived his life, by his manner of living. His life was consistent with the truth. That's what it means to walk in the truth. Your life is consistent with the truth of scriptures. It, it, uh, it, it matches to what the Bible says. And again, that would be a question for us to ask ourselves this morning. Is my life consistent with the truth of God? If I identify myself as a Christian, if I name the name of Christ, does my life correspond with the truth? Is it consistent with the truth? Can people tell that I'm a Christian by looking at the way I live, the way I conduct myself, the way I act, the way I talk? Do I talk like a Christian? Is my Christian faith observable by others? Gaius walked in the truth. And John rejoiced greatly to hear this update about Gaius. And he says in verse 4, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. So he refers to Gaius as his child, his children. Gaius was apparently a, a, a child in the faith to John. John uh, led him to the Lord, apparently, shared the gospel with him, uh, was the one that led Gaius uh, to, to saving faith in, in Christ. And now he gets this update that Gaius is still walking in the truth. And what a blessing that must have been for John. You know, it's, it's one thing to, to, you know, share the gospel with someone and have the privilege of leading them to Christ and saving faith in Christ, but then to see or hear that they continue to walk with Christ years later, that they're still serving the Lord. And so John was full of joy when he heard that Gaius continued to walk in the truth. And now we come to verses 5 to 8, where uh, John commends Gaius. He says, Beloved, you do faithfully whatever you do for the brethren and for strangers who have borne witness of your love before the church. John commends Gaius 
for his faithfulness. For his faithfulness. He says, you do faithfully whatever you do. I love that. Whatever you do, do it faithfully to the Lord. Whatever it is, do it faithfully to the Lord. Whatever God has called you to, do it faithfully. You know, in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2, it says, It is required in stewards that they be found faithful. That's what's required of us, to be faithful. I think it was, I think it was Mother Teresa who said that uh, God has not called me to be successful. He's called me to be faithful. We're called to faithfulness. Whatever God's called you to, big, small, whatever it is, to be faithful to it, to be a faithful servant. Because, you know, one day, listen, one day, you're going to stand before Jesus Christ. We're all going to stand before Jesus Christ. And we want to hear the words, well done, good, and what? Faithful servant. We don't want to hear, well, done. You know, like, I mean, you're done, I guess. We want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful to what I called you to do. And Jesus said, if you're faithful over a few things, he will make you a ruler over many things. In other words, there'll be a reward in heaven for our faithfulness. No matter what God's called you to, no matter how small it may seem to you or, or how big it may be, whatever the case, whatever God's called you to, there's going to be a reward in heaven for your faithfulness to that. Our faithfulness now will matter then. That's when it's going to count, when we stand before him. And so how was Gaius faithful? He tells us here in verse 5. Look at how, how Gaius was faithful. He says, Beloved, you do faithfully... Whatever you do for the brethren and for strangers who have borne witness of your love before the church, if you send them forward on their journey in a manner worthy of God, you will do well because they went forth for his name's sake, taking nothing from the Gentiles. We therefore ought to receive such that we may become fellow workers for the truth. He, he's talking here about these, these Christians that in this day and that day... Uh, Christian ministers, or what we would probably call today missionaries, or itinerant preachers, they would travel around spreading the gospel, preaching the gospel, uh, planting churches, making disciples, and they would just kind of go town to town. Christianity was new, it was a new thing. Uh, the gospel was unheard of in most of the world at that time. And so you had these ministers, these itinerant ministers, that would just travel around from town to town preaching the gospel. Uh, you see that, of course, in the book of Acts with the Apostle Paul, with his missionary journey. So he would just go out and visit a town. Usually he'd go to the synagogue first and try to proclaim Christ there to the Jews. And if that didn't work, he'd just go out to the marketplace in the, in the middle of town or whatever, where he could find people, and he would begin preaching the gospel. Uh, and, if, and if people received Christ, he might stay for a period of time and teach them and make disciples and hopefully plant a church in that town and then just kind of leave a church there to, to kind of grow and be established in that town. And these itinerant preachers, as they would go out, these missionaries, as they would go out, they would depend upon the hospitality of other believers as they went from town to town. They depended upon other Christians to support them. 
Now, we see uh, an illustration of this in the Gospels, and I want to show you what I'm talking about. So turn with me to Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6 in verse 7. And he, Jesus, called the twelve, the twelve apostles, to himself, and he began to send them out two by two, and he gave them power over unclean spirits, and he commanded them to take nothing for the journey except a staff, a walking stick, no bag, no bread, no copper in their money belts, but to wear sandals and not to put on two tunics. Don't take two coats with you. And also he said to them, in whatever place you enter a house, stay there till you depart from that place. And whoever will not receive you nor hear you, when you depart from there, shake off the dust under your feet as a testimony against them. You would walk out the door doing that. See, I don't even want your dirt sticking to my shoes. I don't want to track any of your dirt with me everywhere else I'm going. It was a testimony against them. Assuredly, I say to you, it will be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. And so they went out and they preached that people should repent and they cast out many demons and they anointed with oil many who were sick and they healed them. So Jesus here, he sends out his 12 apostles. Elsewhere in the gospels, we see him send out 70 disciples two by two, but he tells them, don't take any money with you. Don't take any food with you. Don't make any hotel reservations. Don't have an itinerary. You're going to go walking by faith, just trusting that the Lord will provide for you. And you'll, you know, as you're walking by faith, you'll meet somebody, a fellow believer that will put you up in their house and they'll feed you and they'll take care of you while you're ministering in that town. And so they would go out and they'd come to a town and the Lord would lead them to meet some fellow Christian and that fellow Christian would put them up in their house. Hey, you can stay here in my basement while you're out preaching the gospel out in the marketplace. And, you know, we'll feed you, we'll take care of you. Uh, We'll give you some money for your travels to get to the next location. And so they depended upon the hospitality of other believers. Now, go back to 3 John. John commends Gaius because Gaius faithfully ministered to those traveling preachers and missionaries that came through his town. He offered them his home. He gave them a place to stay. He gave them food to eat while they were there preaching the gospel. He provided for them. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truer than the finest crystal. That's all we have time for today on Reign of Truth. Thanks for joining Pastor Dan as he continued his verse-by-verse, chapter-by-chapter study of the Bible. Today, Pastor Dan has been sharing the encouraging and challenging words the Apostle John penned in his third letter. If you'd like a copy of today's message to listen to again or to share, you'll be able to find it on our website, calvaryec.com. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes so you never miss an edition of this program. Every time we post something new, you'll be notified. We'd love to hear from you, too, and learn how Ring of Truth has impacted your life. Please take some time soon to give us a call at 410-491-4592. 
please let us know how we could be praying for you, too. And if God's doing something wonderful, we'd love to rejoice with you. That number again to reach us is 410-491-4592. Do you live in the Baltimore, Washington area? If so, you're invited to join us here at Calvary Chapel this Sunday at 9 or 11 a.m. for a time of worship and Bible study. Calvary Chapel is located in Columbia, Maryland, only minutes from Route 95, Route 29, or Route 100. Find out more at our website. One more time, that's calvaryec.com. That brings us to the end of today's message. Join us next time for more, right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that crack.